Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rain, the power of you, a podcast about becoming the leader of your life and truly succeeding on your terms. I'm your host, Sharon Bakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerist. Listening here will give you everything I've learned in 10 years of leadership coaching, as well as myself having survived death, trauma, and recovery to thrive once again. I've created this podcast for people just like you who are on the brink of transformation and ready to live powerfully in every part of your life. Every episode focuses on life fulfillment, self-esteem, and deep growth. We give you the tools, strategies, and techniques to apply so that you can live your most powerful life. Plus, we regularly feature humans who are serious badasses to keep you inspired. I love hearing from my community, so wherever you're listening from, drop me a photo or screenshot on Instagram and remember to say hi with a tag. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we are talking about boundary setting and how it can contribute to us truly living a powerful life. Now, we all know boundaries are important. We all know healthy boundaries are the cornerstone to effective communication, a sense of peace and zen in our life. Setting healthy boundaries gives us a really good ability to understand our own needs and become really self-aware in advocating for what we want out of the life we desire every single day. The reason we set boundaries, though, is often to set up a wall, to build a wall that people can't cross over so we feel safe. Now, today, I want to turn that healthy boundary framework of building walls around you so we can feel safe into something a little bit different. I always think of setting boundaries as building a happy home, building an environment where you feel entirely comfortable that people don't want to trespass upon. So if you think about drawing boundaries, instead of thinking about the outside of your home, where you build a big fence so that nobody can come in or a big wall that's got a big lock on it. So I want us to think about drawing boundaries as something we do before we have to build the wall. Now hear me out on this. I often say to the clients I work with that the point at which we are desperately trying to draw a boundary to stop someone's poor behavior is too late. The person has already engaged in the poor behavior because somewhere earlier along the line, we let them know that it was okay to do that. Now, I'm not going to victim blame here. I'm not going to say that everyone's poor behavior is a result of our inability to show people our boundaries, okay? But we do have the power to set those boundaries nice and early on in any interaction or any relationship with someone so that that poor behavior never comes to a head. And I'm going to talk about how today. I think of drawing boundaries as building myself a beautiful home that I feel safe in. And that I can choose what part of I want to showcase to people or welcome people into, as it were. So an example would be this. I build a home and I choose to build a home out of whatever material I want. We all know the story of the three little pigs, right? So we can build a home out of straw, out of sticks, out of bricks. Now, which house is the strongest? Obviously, the brick house. And so what does that mean in terms of you as a human being? Well, we need to build some resilience within us so that our boundaries aren't feeling like they're being crossed all the time so that we can not be sensitized to people overtly crossing our boundaries or implicitly trying to cross our boundaries. So we build a house with bricks. And what does that mean? It means we build high self-esteem so that when someone is crossing our boundaries, we can undoubtedly advocate for ourselves in a strong way. We decide to work on our resilience so that not every time someone pinches us or bites us or scratches us, we feel the pain or the pinch. We decide that our house made out of bricks is an impermeable fortress and therefore we feel so safe within it. 
that we don't worry about inviting people down the garden path to have a look at the house because they can't come into the house. The house is made of bricks, right? We don't need a big fence. We just need a strong house. Now, another thing I often talk about this house analogy with boundaries is we can choose in our house whether we want to draw the curtains or open the curtains up and let people look in. When someone comes into our home, we choose whether they take our shoes off or leave them on. We choose whether they come into the lounge room or whether we give them a house tour. We choose whether or not they can come into the bedroom or whether or not they can go into our bathroom. And when they choose to violate those boundaries, we get to ask them to leave. Now, it's the same thing in our life. We choose how much of our life we want to show to the world. We choose how much of our life we're going to be open with and allow people to see. And certain people might have privileges that other people don't. What do I mean by this? I was talking to a client last week who expressed an issue she had at work. It was quite commonplace and quite acceptable at her workplace for people to make comments such as, are you PMSing? Is it that time of the month? Every time that a woman showed herself to be assertive. Now, in no way or form is this okay in any workplace or in any place in human life. We do not get to comment on the bodily functions of other people, okay? But one of the things I said was, the fact that this behavior is okay shows that sometime in the past, we have been okay with discussing bodily function. Now, if we say every time someone discusses bodily function with me in a way that I think is private and none of their business because they are not that close to me to have privilege to that kind of information, I'm going to say, I don't feel comfortable discussing this or that's kind of private or I don't think I need to go into details about that. So in any topic that comes up regarding bodily function, we consistently and proactively and diplomatically voice our concerns with a breach of privacy, right? That means that when you go to the doctor, you don't feel you need to say why. And if someone presses you, you say, oh, look, I think health matters are private. And if you have to go in for surgery and you have a rough recovery and someone says, oh, what are the gory details of that rough recovery? Did you throw up? Did you shit yourself? And you say, oh, look, it was definitely very rough, but I tend not to talk about the gruesome details too much. It gets a bit graphic. I think when we say those statements a lot and we diplomatically shut people down every time they try to intrude or impede or talk about our bodily functions, then it disinvites them in the future to make any kind of comment about bodily function when it's disparaging or not. I think this is a really important one. I think this is a really important precedent that we get to set in our lives about what we're comfortable talking about or showing ourselves. So in the same way, you might show someone your guest bedroom, but not perhaps show them your personal bedroom. You might show someone the study in your home, but not necessarily a private bedroom. We get to showcase what of our life we want to, and we get to be private about the ones we want to. And if we proactively do this all the time and we are consistent about it, then it's more likely that people will not disrespect our boundaries when it comes to the disparaging remarks, when it comes to them making commentary on our bodily functions, when it comes to them trying to intrude on our privacy. Setting boundaries comes preemptively, which means that the home you build indicates to other people how much liberty they can take with you. In the same way, if you have your curtains open all the time, then it invites people to peer into your windows. You might be comfortable with that. You might be not. You get to set the rules. In the same way that having a gate or having no gate is a choice, having a fence or having no fence is a choice in your home. Living in a high-rise apartment with full security detail is also a choice. Now, we get to build the home we want. And in this way, I'd like to encourage you to think of boundary setting, not as when an attack comes, I need to build a fortress, but... I need to build a home that I love and an environment that I decide and define so that if a boundary gets crossed, I can safely say, hang on, 
that doesn't belong there, right? In the same way, if you saw someone uninvitedly coming down your garden path or perhaps uninvitedly opening your door, you would be well within your rights to shout, intruder, get out, I'm calling the cops. Do you see what I'm saying here? So I like to say that by the time you set a boundary, it's usually a little bit late to set the boundary. We should have drawn the line in the sand a long time ago so that as the person approaches us, they can see the line in the sand and decide whether or not they want to cross it, right? But if the person's standing in front of us and then suddenly we draw the line in the sand, it can sometimes really overwhelm the other person and say, oh, I didn't even know I was crossing a boundary. I didn't realize that was a bad thing. And that's when setting boundaries becomes ineffective because the other person is surprised and shocked by it and often unwilling to take on a different point of view about why that was right or wrong. Now, this act of preemptively setting boundaries is something that we need to work on day in and day out in order to ensure consistency. People don't like being surprised. And so if we can very confidently and competently put out a consistent image of where our boundaries lie, then other people are probably more willing to respect our privacy when we need to assert it, to willingly step back from the boundary they have crossed and say, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to step over that line, right? But if you build a huge wall, as that person is already standing in front of you, it basically can sometimes ruin the relationship or put a wedge in your relationship for the long term. Now, once again, I do think we should assert our boundaries when they're crossed, okay? I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm saying that for a lot of the small microaggressions and microboundary crossing that happens on a daily basis, we have a chance to actually stop that from happening in our general life. When someone has crossed a boundary in an awful way, though, and when someone has definitely transgressed a societal norm or what's considered okay by and large in communication, you should definitely put up that wall. I'm not saying that you should, okay? I'm talking right now not about boundary setting per se. I'm talking about preemptive boundary planning. And there is a big difference. But how, Sharon? How do we build our homes? How do we make sure that people know consistently and without a doubt that this is our boundary line and this is where our fence and our garden starts and we shouldn't walk into it because it's private property? I talk about in a lot of my coaching sessions about creating what is called a boundary manifesto for your life. Meaning, have a set of principles that you believe in, that you believe you don't want to be crossed on, that you believe privacy is important in, that you believe that intrusion indicates a lack of respect for yourself. Have a manifesto and decide what that manifesto looks like. Get really, really clear and really, really detailed and keep those boundaries and keep that manifesto even for yourself in the way that you engage and interact with other people. When we follow this manifesto as a means of living, it will show other people where our boundaries lie and where our comfort lies and encourage other people to respect us in the same way we respect ourselves. Now, I'm going to give you an example of a boundary manifesto here so that you can understand how to design one for yourself. This boundary manifesto is not necessarily what you want to cage for your life. It is something that I have a few ideas on and I have my own personal boundary manifesto. It is up to you to design the perfect one for your life. A boundary manifesto might sound something like this. I will not take responsibility for the irresponsible behavior of others. I will not allow myself to be defined by other people. I define who I am alone. I will not over-anticipate the needs of other people. I will not over-anticipate the reactions of other people to my actions. I will not try to save people who are not in need. I will not trust someone once they have lied to me. I do not lend money to anybody and I do not borrow money from anybody. I don't talk about my bodily functions and I don't allow anyone to ask about my bodily functions. I do not speak about my sexual life. I do not ask about people's sexual lives unless they want to divulge them to me. 
nobody has to agree with me and I don't have to agree with anyone else. I will learn to say graciously, no, without emotion. I will not feel guilty about doing things that fulfill me. I will not feel upset if other people are doing things that fulfill them. I am responsible for my own happiness and others are responsible for theirs too. I will be unapologetic, but empathetic. I will walk away from situations that trigger me. I will walk away from people who mess with my head, gaslight me or treat me poorly. You have to define in a boundary framework what makes you feel in control and what makes you feel good about living your life and what makes you feel good about being who you are. Once you have figured out why each of these boundaries matter to you, you write them down and you create a list. And every time you think, should I advocate for myself? My boundary has been crossed. Should I say something? Ooh, I need to learn why this makes me feel so lousy. Was that a microaggression or just a straight up aggression? Every time you need to ask yourself those questions, refer to that boundary manifesto and it will give you the answers you need around the decisions you need to make in deciding how to advocate for yourself, in deciding whether to let someone go from your life, in deciding if someone's being toxic or if they just made an honest mistake, in deciding if I'm somehow contributing to a toxic culture and environment, or deciding that I'm no longer going to contribute to a toxicity in environment. I hope that this framework helps you a lot. I know it definitely helps me a lot. Deciding on what I can do to draw my boundaries so that it gives people a reflection of what to do and what boundaries they need to have with me. So that it helps people respect my boundaries before I even need to draw them. So that my sense of privacy can be something that people know about from an early point of interacting with me. So that people understand that I am only human and that I have a sense of boundaries in order to protect my humanness and vulnerability. Build your home in a way that it is strong. Build your home in a way that your head and your heart are a nice place to be so that when people do cross those boundaries, your instinct is to say, go away, I don't like this behavior, not to feel like your entire sense of self has been under attack or has been literally taken apart by someone else. When someone crosses our boundaries, it can often feel like our entire sense of self has been ruined or our entire sense of self has been really broken or cracked. Now, if we build a strong enough home for ourselves, we build a strong enough mental and psychological and heart-based and soul-led home, then when someone transgresses our boundaries, we are able to mentally and in a detached way look at it and say, that wasn't great. I'm not contributing to that situation anyway. I'm not giving my energy. I'm going to retreat into my home, which is a nice place to be, and I'm going to stay there. And if that person would like to knock on my door and apologize, they can. But that wasn't a good way for us to start our relationship. That wasn't a good way for us to converse as professionals, colleagues, or friends. Boundary manifesto. Best thing you're ever going to do in your life is to create one. I promise you, if you've ever struggled with setting boundaries, try this first. Because the point of setting a boundary should not be when we're building the wall because someone is out there on the attack. We should have set the boundary a long way before that, which is building ourselves a great home that people can see, oh, I shouldn't enter that. I shouldn't trespass that. That's private property. I hope this analogy has been helpful for you. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the reviews. Let me know in the feed. And um, yeah, see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Sharon Pakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerous. Please come on Instagram, follow me, tag me. If you're listening to this right now, take a screenshot, add it to your stories. I love knowing where my listeners are from and I love knowing that the podcast is something that made a difference in 
your life. Thank you, everybody, and see you next time.